Life Audio. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Welcome to Billy and the Goat. We appreciate you tuning in today. As you know, our show is all about overcoming life's challenges, overcoming adversity. Today, please, my goodness gracious, my guest, name is Chris Hart. He is a financial advisor with Raymond James. He is originally from Georgia and relocated to Menifee, California, in Southern California in 2007 with his wife, Latricia, and five children. Chris graduated from the United States Naval Academy in 1995 and served in the United States Marine Corps until 2001. After leaving the Corps, he worked in the electronics industry for three years before transitioning to sales and the communications industry. He spent nine years in the telecommunications industry serving as an area sales representative and regional sales manager. In 2014, Chris joined Thrivent Financial. As an independent contractor, he earned the Series 7, Series 66 security licenses, as well as the California Life, Health, and Disability Insurance licenses. He quickly grasped and applied expertise around risk protection strategies, investing to help aid clients in accumulation growth, and planning for future distributions of their retirement assets. In 2019, Chris joined Raymond James to provide fee-based planning and financial advice around asset management for clients. He is excited to partner with a seasoned mentor and learn the intricacies of managed accounts. Chris strives to provide a high level of customer service to clients and help them move along their life's journey towards Abundant living through generosity. In his free time, which doesn't sound like there's a lot, Chris <laughs> enjoys spending time with his family, working within the local church, and participating in both recreational and varsity sports. Chris Hart, my man, <laughs> welcome to the show. My pleasure, Bill. We'll be right back. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. My man, Chris. Bill, how are you, sir? It's been gracious, man. It's been years, right? That's right. Since we were face to face in person. That's for sure. That's for sure. It's a blessing to have you on the show. My goodness, man. My goodness. Well, it's absolutely a pleasure to be here, Bill. Glad that you reached out, man. So proud of the work that you're doing in the community and trying to help create a positive message to those out there that understand the struggle, brother. Amen, brother. Amen. Thank you for joining in the fight as well. 
on the West Coast. Yeah. Oh, my on, on the left coast, as they call it, right? <laughs> the left coast. Uh, but you, you know what? As a Christian brother, I know you're not flying left. I know you're flying right. That's for sure, bro. <laughs> that's that that's how for you sure. Oh, my gosh. Let me ask you this, man. I, I was not aware of your of your faith, how how strong your faith is, has been, and seems like it always has it always has been until until recently until we spoke recently for the first time in in a long time. When did it all begin? You know, Bill, it's interesting, man. As a as a Country boy growing up in Georgia, right? I used to tell people that I, you know, I was always in church to some capacity, one way or the other. But church back then was just, you know, going because my my, my folk went, right? So it was always the case that I knew I was going to be there. But, but church didn't really get real to me until I got into high school. Went through a few retreats. In fact, my life-changing retreat was one FCA, a Fellowship of Christian Athletes conference up in Stone Mountain with Reggie White as a speaker and oh, literally legendary. was blown away by the man Reggie White was and, and, and was to so many people, but ended up giving my life a second time at that camp and also through a combination of just local chrysalis retreats as well, that those are the settings that I ended up giving my life to Christ. But I, I, I shared this quick story with you. Again, I meant it didn't become real to me until my junior year. My junior year, I'm in Fellowship of Christian Athletes. We've got about 10 to 15 guys in the huddle. But that year, our president of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes group, a young man by the name of Kenny Rose, he played the alternate cornerback position that I did and ended up breaking his, breaking his thumb on a Friday night on a Monday afternoon as he's walking around the track with a, with a cast on, literally fell on the track died of a heart heart attack at age 17 18 and devastated the entire body but anyway i was thrust into a leadership role bill that saw our fellowship of christian athletes group grow from about 15 people to over 300 kids that came to fca every wednesday morning before school and filled our auditorium. So that's when it really became real to me. And the example that I needed to set to try and help so many kids, you know, get through what was happening in their lives through a young man by the name of Kenny Rose that had made a huge impact to so many of us. I can't even tell you. That's amazing. But on a different on a different level though. Like I'm it, it <clears throat> what I mean about it is is this. And we'll talk more we'll get more in depth about the in the conversation. But now I understand how you were able to navigate things that happen at the Naval Academy. That's for sure. <laughs> okay. And not just, well, not, not inside the gates, but also, you know, stuff that was happening outside. Absolutely. Friends, family. Now, now I'm like, okay, wow. I just had. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It, it, Christianity, wow. my walk with Christ became real overnight. Overnight, to say the least. Kenny, what's his name again? Kenny, Kenny Rose. Kenny Rose. Kenny Rose. Yeah. Wow. God bless Kenny Rose. Did you have a go-to to help you through that? I mean, you were young. Oh, man. Like mom, dad, you know, pastor. Great question. I mean, the reality is, I think it's hard, you know, when you think about, you know, you realize that there's a faith element that's associated with it. At that age for me, 
I didn't understand the totality of what faith really meant. It was almost more more of a feeling than it was anything. My parents, again, they were rooted. They were always there. We always prayed together and all that stuff. So I had the backing of family. I had the backing of of others around me, but, but something inside of me, Bill, and again, I laugh because I tell people, you know, back then I really didn't understand the, the meaning of the Holy Spirit and the power and the strength that it gives you and all that mm-hmm. stuff, but, mm-hmm. but I knew there was mm-hmm. something that was bigger than me that, that kept power me, that gave me the ability to say, you know what, it's going to be all right, just get up, just get up. And And as I got a chance to start sowing into the lives of so many people and seeing the need of so many people during that time frame, Bill, it helped me to realize that my strength was coming from a place where I was I was unsure where it was, but I was able to give word after word and encouragement after encouragement to each person I came into contact with. And before we know it, all ties kind of rise and here we are headed down a path and we're all in a different state and, and now believing and trusting God, this magical God that we or was unsure of at a young age, but believed in the fact that Jesus Christ was our Lord and Savior. Amen. Yeah, I can see it, man. <laughs> people don't see people people that meet you right like right where you are right now. Like, oh, Chris is a great guy, but you know, soft spoken, but he doesn't know the Chris I know. I knew, <laughs> like, like I can see like the growth and how the Holy Spirit and how God you like you imbue Christ. You know what I mean? Well, thank you. Man. It's it's powerful, man. Thank you, Bill. I, it's powerful. I, I just only hope. I mean, we all hope that people don't judge Christianity by our lifestyle, right? But they do it based upon who Christ is. But you definitely try and live the life. I mean, our most important act, I believe, as Christians, is to live the life, man. Let us show through our actions and the way that we treat people and the way that we love people and show them the love of Christ. And that's what makes the difference. And not necessarily so much what we say. It's it's everything about what we do. Amen, brother. Well, you can see it. You're doing it. I'm <laughs> Praise proud. God. I'm proud Praise God, you. brother. Speaking of knowing, not necessarily knowing him, but the Marine Corps, you lived and breathed and bled for a number of years. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What was your what was your attraction to the Marine Corps? Oh, man, it's just you know my you know in 1991, Bill, they the academy they started a program that basically you had to opt in to be in the Marine for all four years because they were having so many attrition issues, I guess. So f- for four years at the academy, we opted in. They, they did all kind of things to us to make sure that we were Marine Corps ready and. And by the time we got we graduated, it was it was a badge of honor, right? To be a Marine, you were proud to be going Marine Corps option. So that's kind of where I was. I, I it improved in toughness, it, it instilled character and integrity in who you were as a person. All, all those things that just resonated with me. I kind of like the tough guy mentality, right? <laughs> kind of grew up with the, with the, with a small guy complex, you know, wanted to conquer the world. So the Marine Corps exhibited all that for me, and loved the opportunity to serve, of course. Oh my goodness, brother! What did it? What, what, where did it take you? Where did it take me? Around the country. Yeah, yeah, or actually. Not to say our country, but yeah. around the world. So a very a very clean, very simple tour. I, I, I spent my first tour of duty out at Camp Pendleton from 95 to 98. Did a little bit of up in Bridgeport, Bridgeport, California, doing some cold weather training. I did, did 29 Palms. I was an engineer officer. 
So as an engineer officer, there's kind of two sides of the story. Either you're connected to the infantry battalion or the engineer battalion, or there's actually the air wing side of, of the house as well. So I was more with the infantry battalion, the engineer battalion that I was a part of. So blew a lot of mines, did a lot of MacGyver-related stuff, you know, blowing rocks and all go. that stuff. So really cool, right. you know, getting a chance to experience that side of it. And of course, as you you can imagine, I mean, Bill, I tell people all the time, man, there is nothing like leading a bunch of hard charging Marines, right? <laughs> Guys that oh my goodness, that are man. willing to you're, run you're through walls. <laughs> Yeah, look, I mean, running, running through the woods oh, with these goodness. cats, man, you know, man, nothing like yep. it, nothing like yep. it. <laughs> it was your guys. So check this out. This is this is my Marine Corps story. I was in, in Quantico, yep. you know, because we didn't have that program that you just spoke of when I, you know, when I was coming through. Okay. And we're in Quantico for a week. And, you know, you pick a week with subs, you spend a week with air, you yep. spend a week with the Navy on a Navy vessel to figure out what you want to do. So I'm in Quantico and I'm out in the woods <laughs> and I'm leading, I'm leading some plebes, you know, and we got to go to a point from point A to B, C to D, use your compass, you know, land bro. navigation. Oh <laughs> man, bro. I was land lost. <laughs> like we got A to B <laughs> and then the next thing you know, I was just like, Oh my, me and these poor pussies. <laughs> You're like, what am I doing? What am I doing out here? And you can imagine. There's no 7-Eleven. There's no phone. <laughs> no, brother. It's the lifeline, man. We made it out of there, but I was like, you know what? I probably don't oh, record. Not my calling, right? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Let's talk about family, man. Where'd you meet your wife? Oh, man. Oh, my lifeline, my blood, my... I tell you. She actually, from my hometown... I, I tell people this story. Okay. In fact, if you read our program, our wedding program, we in the the you know the back cover, we both wrote our stories on how we met, of course. And of course, my my story is is completely different than hers. But I always tell people my story is the yeah. best story. Right? You know, amen. No, no, no. Of course, there's some things that are embellished in that story, but it is what it is. No, no but, doubt. No, we're from the same hometown. Literally, live three miles apart from each other. And I, I used to go play sandlock football at a park that was right next to her house. Never knew her. And Imagine that. I never knew her. <laughs> the strangest thing, though. She knew everything about me. She worked in the mall. She see me from time to time in the mall. So my junior year at the Naval Academy, I was actually back home for Christmas jogging. And she saw me. And when she saw me, she ended up giving her phone number to her little sister, who in turn gave it to my little brother. He came home and gave it to me. And that oh night, gosh. I called her. And again, I, I said to you, our junior year of college, I called her on the phone. We met at the gas station because her dad was that strict that he still had a pretty, pretty lock and key on her. Her junior college that she had to meet me at the gas station. Mm -hmm. So that's how wow. it all, that's how it all that's started. Real. Did not start the relationship at that point. Kind of dated from afar while I was in California, and then as soon as I moved back over to the East Coast to Paris Island, which was my second tour of duty. She was transitioning at that time. We got together, and the rest is history, brother. Oh, my God. mate, my best God friend, man, you. best friend in life. <laughs> Amen. Well, I can see. I've never, you know, obviously, we've never met, but I can see through a number of the pictures. You know, y'all are family. Yeah. 
That's my girl. Oh, family. My, so good to see you, man. My girl, 24 amazing years. Say the least, bro. Now, the next question coming from, I'm an only child. Okay. Okay. <laughs> How many brothers and sisters do you have? Three brothers, one sister. So came from a, came from a family of five. Yeah. So you know my next question. Yeah. Bro, five kids. <laughs> <laughs> listen, hey. listen. To a only child where it's all about him, 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 me, me, me. Yeah, yeah. Not having to share. Don't have to worry about fighting over the last piece of this, last soda, the last whatever. Hey. Leaving an empty box of cereal in the cup. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't have to worry about that. Hey, brother. Hey, all, God all, bless you. All I'll say is this. You learn survival of the fittest at a, at a young age, right? <laughs> Amen. 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 Get, get what you Tell always... me about your kids, man. Oh, yeah. man. Just an amazing group of kids, Bill. I, I've always believed in life. You hope you get it right. You hope that you instill the foundation in each of them that's going to make a difference. I'll start with this. You know, we got a family vision slash goal and that vision is exhibit excellence in everything that we do so when you think about the commonality behind that i've always told my kids in life there's only two things you can control in life it's your attitude and your effort if you show up to everything that you do with the best attitude and 100 percent effort then the results don't matter at that point correct because you control the two things that you can control the most so helping them to understand that and to come from that place in life where it's not perfection that we're after, it's just attitude, 100% effort, everything else will take care of itself. So I literally use that as as the model of how we discipline our kids, how we spend time with them at the table to just you know spend time around those lines. And, and it was easy to say, hey, did you exhibit excellence in what you did? And the kids held each other accountable right down the line. So... But that was it. So, yeah, but, but Bill, if I go from the top to bottom, Christopher is my oldest son, graduated from the University of Redlands two years ago. My only girl, Shanna, she graduated from Lewis Clark State just this past May, May 12th. I've got a young man right now that's at a small Christian school at Lewis Clark State that's studying biology, that's entering into his senior year now, only football player that we have. So it would be three that I'm almost okay. through, through in college with. <laughs> And then I got a high schooler that just graduated June 1st, and then a 12-year-old that is the last of the Mohicans, <laughs> as we call it, in the household. But a great mix of kids. Bill, I've always believed that when family wants to be around each other and they want to spend time together getting to know each other, then you, you, you felt like you've done it right. I think the other piece as well is as you start to get feedback from people in the community that they've interacted with that, that stipulates that they love the interaction with the kids. They love the impact that the kids are making in the lives of their friends and family. Those are the things that you say, man, and it was tough going through it, right? Especially for us. I mean, Bill, if you think about it, we've always been away from family, always. I think the closest we ever were to family was about five hours. So we've always relied on our church community, a great group of nannies that we've known to be a part of us, man. So an extended family that God has blessed us to make a, a huge difference in our life. I made a way. Yeah, absolutely. Amen. Yeah. That's fantastic, man. I, and by the way, it's eloquent. Go ahead. And by the way, I, I should tell you that my, my wife named all the kids, gave them all my initials, C-A-H. So there's Christopher, Channa, Chauncey, Chasen, Channing, and they all have a, a you know, for their middle names. 
And then it goes even farther. Well, wow. we have three dogs. The dogs' names are <laughs> the dogs' names are Chancellor, Chaz, and Choppa. <laughs> Is she a teacher? Uh, she is. She is a teacher. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Well, there you have it. Makes sense to me. She's the planner, man. Oh She's the gosh. planner in the house. So, yeah, that's... Oh. I, I struggle to say the least to call their names uh, proper, but they know when dad calls, they got to come running, right? <laughs> my, my, man, let me tell you something. Now, coming from... That's perfect for the Naval Academy grad who went into the Marine Corps. <laughs> Y'all get together. My sure. goodness, man. Well, that's as eloquent as you spoke about your kids and the relationship coming to a a only child, I still I still, still don't get it. <laughs> I can only imagine. I, I can't imagine what it would be like to be an only child. Can't imagine. Oh, right? Right? <laughs> oh my god. Hey, it's as soon as you said it, I thought about the way I am now compared to the way I used to be. And this is a great segue into what I want to talk about next because the way I used to be was not God-led. Mm. Where I am now, it's all God-led. And I can't even fathom going back to the way I used to be. Okay? Yeah. I can't even fathom. So, nice segue. Let me, and, and first, let me, I want to start I want to start with an apology and people understand as we get into this why I'm doing this. I want to do this publicly. But, man, I am... I am sorry to you for not being the, the team player that I should have been many years ago when we played at the Naval Academy together. It took me years to understand how selfish I was. And it was all about me, 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 me. And that's not nothing. That is not the way that God intended for us, does, or ever will. But I was led by negativity, evil, and I didn't even know it. And now I know it today. But anyway. I understand, brother. Hey, I apologize. Yeah. understand. I apologize to you because my selfishness put you in a bad spot at a time when we, which was just kind of like, what in the world? Right? So anyway. No apology needed, Bill. As yeah. I, I'll say this to you. <laughs> Even in the midst of where you were and the space that you were in, and of course, I understand a little bit more now that we've had some conversations, and I think I told you the last time I talked, in life, I take the good with the bad, brother. You know, there's there's so many things I learned about that situation that you were in that I literally, you know, things that I felt that I could filter and take and use as motivation, I did, right? For those other areas of your life that I saw, man, that, I mean... Your, your motivation, your dedication, your, I mean, how hard you work, all those things were all part of what I took to try and help create the foundation and get me to the next level, for sure. Well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> that. Now, this is something that's been ringing in my ear since it happened, okay? We're on the football field, practice. I'm starting cornerback. You were back up. And this quote, and I'll never forget it, came from our defensive back coach. Yancey, get off the field. Chris Hart, you're our new starting quarterback. Cornerback. And that was it. Wow. That was the beginning of the end of my of my my college career. Wow. That was it. <clears throat> you remember that day? I do. I I, I was scared <laughs> to death. <laughs> I think building life year year. 
you try and prepare <clears throat> and be ready for the opportunity. But of course, no amount of preparation ever feels like it's right in that moment. Again, just the rest of emotions. My God, what is Bill going to think, man? He's the captain of the team. This guy, dude, he's a stud. There's no way I can take his place. I've watched him practice and, and heart you're in, really? I'm like, <laughs> here we go. But again, you take it, man, right. and take it for what it's worth and, and go for it, right? Go for what you know. <laughs> hey, man, you thrived, man. You thrived. I believe. Despite being thrown in the fire. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I, well, thanks. Thanks for that, you know, that, that outlook, I guess. You know, when you think about it, Bill, again, I think when when preparation meets the opportunity, you only hope that you put in the time. And I know for me, you know, being highly recruited out of high school in the SEC to play and not wanting to play really football at all, kind of getting into the Naval Academy going, do I really want to do this? And then again, seeing the sense of all that was around, I just say, hey, give me the opportunity. And, and that's kind of how I'm taking life, Bill. I'm like, man, give me an opportunity and uh, I'm going to give you my best. Right? No different than I tell my kids, right? <laughs> 100% Yeah, but there's more to, I mean, I kind of want to dig a little deeper. Yeah. So were you, I can't remember if you were a freshman. Freshman. Were you a plea? I was a plea. You were a plea. <laughs> I was a plea, bro. <laughs> you were a plea. Yeah. This happened when you were a plea. It was, yeah. People don't understand. Some people don't understand the gravity of how heavy that is to be a plea and to be thrown in, to be the starting quarterback on Navy football team behind – you know, the guy that you kinda kinda looked up to. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. we were but we were bros. We were bros. <laughs> I loved you, man. You know what I mean? That's, and all the other stuff. There was other stuff going on in your life during that time, right? Yep, yep. And Bill, if you think about it, I mean, that's that's the point that I'm I, I make in this, I guess. I mean, you think about it, man. It's it's I'm looking up to you. I've looked up to you since I got there. And it, it almost feels like, man, I can't do Bill wrong like this, right? I'm thinking that. That's the way I'm thinking. Mm. It's almost like, how can I do this to this guy? There's no way I can possibly do it. In fact, I remember a conversation I was having with a few of the other guys, Codero, Purifoy, and all those guys, man. It was almost mm -hmm. as if I, I was taking something away from them by the opportunity. But, but you look at that, and I always tell people the other side of that is, as a plebe, here I am, starting so i was actually struggling militarily at this point right i'm like to the point man i'm i don't even know if i want to stay bill right so like right. No, i, I want to grab yeah. these guys you know? but yeah. I, I didn't even know if i wanted to That's stay real. and all of a sudden bill i start and then what's starting to happen is now all of a sudden the guys that are my upperclassmen are like I play the first game and they're like heart that was you on the field and i was like yeah Yes, sir. <laughs> in the second game, they're like, Hart, you're starting again. I'm like, yes, sir. And then all of a sudden, there's all this fanfare now that comes with it, Bill, to where they're literally taking me around to other companies. I had a pretty good brace, you know, you had a good brace because I didn't have a neck back then. So my brace was sufficient. And they were always like, hey, this is how you should brace. This guy's locked on and all. So all of a sudden, Bill, it goes from yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm this guy that, Everyone is like, who who are you to be taking Bill Yancey's spot to, hey, Chris Hart, he's the man. He's the man. It was kind of crazy, to say the least, man. And you embraced it. But you embraced it. You embraced it humbly. 
I knew nothing about being humble back then. <laughs> I was talking trash. And even when our coach, the coach we had together, he would tell me, stop talking, quit, shut your mouth, blah, blah, blah. So I would just slide at the bump and run and start whistling at him. <laughs> I'd do my own thing. You told me they would, you, we used to yell and scream at each other back and forth on the field. Right. Now, I don't remember that. But that's disrespectful, man. Well, Bill, I – You know, that's disrespectful. Th- those are the things that I said. I wasn't wrong. I remember, Bill, I remember a few conversations mm-hmm. that you guys were having. And I'm just sitting there going, wow, what is going on? Like, I've never really seen an interaction between a player and a coach like this. So didn't know it. Again, I just knew I had a job to do, that I, I was called to be the guy, and I was going to give 100%, right? And that's kind of where I was, man. So right. that's all I could do. Well, I'm proud point. of you, man. Um, yeah, back I'm to so your statement. You. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Back to your statement on humility again, Bill. I just, I believe all that I went through in high school, right, was the building blocks. I, I tell people all the time that when you consider, you know, going through those things and those trials, they either make you or break you. And I was just of the mindset, why not me, right? If if I can be the person that can make the difference for other people, I'd rather go through it than they go through it. Because I know that I did have a savior that gave me strength, and that's kind of the way I thought about it, Bill. Hey, man. Well, you're living it, man. I'm so – to watch it is is just absolutely incredible. It's absolutely incredible. And it's so it, – it, it encourages me, you know, in my faith, in my walk. Praise God. Praise God, brother. So I appreciate it. I am – for our last conversation – I didn't realize that we played, that you had the opportunity, you know, to play with one of my favorite coaches of all time. I had no idea. Oh, dude. Coach Drake. Coach Drake. Coach Mike Drake. He was my coach. He was my coach at Naps. Dude, what a coach. I loved him, man. Yeah. Uh, If if there's such thing as a Hall of Fame, right? (laughs) He he gets my first pick. No questions asked. 100. (laughs) 100. Tell me about that, man. Share your... Yeah, so Coach Drake. Your man, time with Coach Drake. If you can imagine, Coach Drake, man, you think about the epitome of of a man. I, I think back to my father, and I really struggle in a lot of regards with my father because my father really never talked to me. He was very stern, very stern disciplinarian, but he also was the same guy that gave me my work ethic, right? He was a janitor, and he always said to me, hey, <clears throat> I'm a janitor, but there would be no other gentleman better than me, right? So I saw this guy every day go in, go in and make a difference. <clears throat> and I figured that if I can take his work ethic coupled with some things I learned along the way through other people, then it make a huge difference. And that, that's where Coach Drake comes in. You're talking about a, a guy that was just grounded in wisdom and in integrity and in character that was willing to reach out and make sure that every kid got what they need. I, I remember countless stories of Coach Drake pulling me over on the sideline and literally looking me into the eyes and, and telling me and giving me the confidence in myself that I didn't wasn't necessarily feeling. But because it was coming through him, right? Oh, I'm like, absolutely, I can do it, right? Oh. Um, I, I remember how he he integrated us in this family and his, his, his wife would make calzones for us here. You know, you know, I mean, it, and it just made us feel like a family, man. But the stuff he taught, the, the need to be dedicated, the repetition required to be good, 
all those things, dude. Huge, 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 huge. If I can end, you know, again, I can go on and on. Oh my God, about Coach Drake, but mm-hmm. but still to this day, when I left the Naval Academy, Coach Drake gave me a plaque, and that plaque really bridged the gap, build on what we talked about earlier, from the day that I started until the day that I ended at the Naval Academy. It was forty-one consecutive starts, and the plaque said forty-one wow. consecutive starts. Wow! And in capital letters irreplaceable is what the plaque said. And for me, that really, it it bottled up who coach Drake was as a person, someone that was willing to look into your very beginning, understand what you have completed, but also be the bridge through all of that to make sure that you have become the man that that you intended to while you're at the Naval Academy. Amen. Yep. Quite an honor. (laughs) So proud of you. So proud of you, Coach Drake, man. Coach, I got a, I got a good Coach Drake story. I think I shared it when we. You got to tell me. You got to tell me. Oh my goodness, man! <laughs> so we were. This was Naps. We were. We played. We we traveled up. We took the bus up to take to play. Oh my goodness, Yale JV. Okay. And it's a game. It's a game we should have won. <clears throat> okay, we did not win. So Coach Coach Drake, he's, I think he's driving the bus, <laughs> and. In the locker room after the game, we're talking about what we're going to eat when we get to McDonald's because, you know, we're going to go to McDonald's and get on the road and, and come back to Naps, Newport. So we're all talking about what we're going to eat right. when we should have been, you know, moaning and groaning and complaining <laughs> about us losing to Yale. What happened and all that, right? right? He never said a word until, and just to give people some, some, some knowledge about generally how football practices go during the season. Saturday, Sunday, Friday or Saturday game, you have Sunday off. Monday is light, light day. Or, or Sunday is treatments. Yep. Monday is walkthrough, no pads, because people are still healing up. Right. Tuesday, Wednesday, or full pads. Thursday is helmet and shoulder pads. Friday's walkthrough, Saturday game. Blah, 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 yep. Right? Yep. <clears throat> well. Uh-oh. <laughs> and we walked in on Monday. <laughs> It was a full pad day. Full pads. Coach Drake. And it gets worse. No footballs on the field. Ooh, that, hey, look, that had to be trouble. You knew, you knew it was going to be trouble. Hey, look, and if Coach Drake has it, well, number one, I didn't, I didn't realize Coach Drake had that in him. All right? Hey, I, so and I, B, look, look. <laughs> I don't think it. I don't think it was that bad. That I don't think I experienced that bad. But but there were plenty of times that that that, uh, that he made us throw up on the on the field. That's for sure. He, he could, now, he, now he could blow a gasket. He could blow a gasket. Okay, in a heartbeat. Right. Dang it to heck, man. Stand by. Hey, and that was that was that was truly the by. worst that he was gonna get. Right, it never occurs. But that that's that's exactly what he'd that's, say. That's it. Dang it to hell, yes. Oh, what have I done? Oh, that's classic. I love it. Oh, but yeah, love, love Coach Drake, man. Probably should save him for the end, but, you know, Gil Green, man. Gil Green oh, dude. was, you were closer to the Gil that I was. Yeah. yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Very special to us, to you, yeah. particularly to our team. Yeah. You know, I got goosebumps. Right now. Same here, dude. I'm um, the same here. Yeah. Man, tell me about Grill. Tell, tell us about Grill. Gil, Gil. Yeah. You know, 
if I could sum up the life of Gil, the, the, the shortened life that it was, imagine a guy that, first of all, never needed to work out because this guy was just just a specimen. I mean, just cut from head to toe. We always would laugh because he hated being in the gym. and But this guy was just, was me. I mean, <laughs> just cut up, right? Yeah, exactly, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. that's who Gil was. So you would always take this nut, this mindset of him being lazy in the gym as, you know, just the way that he was. But the reality is that this guy, you know, had a lot going for himself, had a lot of goals in life. The unfortunate situation then is, is again, we go back to foundations. If there was a one area that Gil struggled with, it was, it's, it's the belief in who he was as a person. And, and his overall worth to the organization. I remember vividly spending quite a bit of time with Gil coming back from class. In fact, I don't know for sure, but, but I might have been one of the last guys that he talked to before committing suicide that day in particular. I think the interesting thing in that conversation is, Bill, I wouldn't have known. You know, I mean, he, he was... The same Gil had the same kind of conversation. He was kind of every now and then he was kind of a, you know, what was me kind of a deal, but, but nothing different than it had been any other time. And, you know, but for whatever reason, he decided to take his life that day, man, he's indelibly ingrained in all of our minds because it's our first brother, right? That, that we lost from my class in particular, right. from the brotherhood today. I mean, you think about again, who he was, just again, just a stand-up guy, just a, a guy that that Great. had all had all the world available to him. I think if, if I can segue, Bill, it's it's you take a situation like that and and even as I take a look at my life, people have often said, Chris, my God, dude, it seems like everything you touch turns to gold. Do you have any struggles in life at all? I'm like, do I have struggles? <laughs> Yes, absolutely. In fact, what I've gone through, I might not look like what I've gone through, but but it's how we deal with those trials and tribulations. And I'm kind of glad that maybe Gil is the you know kind of the ending of this of, of our conversation. Because if there's anything that I'd like to leave with the audience today, it's it's trials and tribulations in life are a part of life. It's a part of who we are. It's a part of our making. God, God literally designed those trials and tribulations to help make us into the person that he's mm-hmm. called us to be. Amen. Foundationally, if you think about that, of course, anyone that's a believer today knows that every day we're being called to be more like Christ and to be made more into the image of Christ. How do we become more like Christ? It's by going through stuff, right? It's by going Amen. through stuff. But having that foundation, that grit, that determination, that will to persevere through adversity is is what has to happen right and sometimes men don't feel comfortable don't know what what might be the next thing that we're going to say i'd say to the audience that's listening feel what you're feeling don't hold it down express that to somebody that loves you but more importantly know that what you're going through is something that's vetted through the hands of a loving father that won't put more on you than you can handle and that's really the message from Gil is, man, I just wish he realized that there was a way out, right, of that situation and that he could have sustained had he had that foundation, you know? Amen. Yeah, yeah. Brother, you you, you took my, my, my last question. 
you already answered it. I asked you for a couple nuggets, and you, you provided a couple nuggets for, for our audience. Thank you so much for being here, for your time, your life, where you've been, where you are, and where you're headed. Love you, man. Hey, Bill, thank you. you. Thank you for this opportunity. And if I've not had a chance to tell you on the call today, man, you don't realize the impact that you're making in the lives of so many of us. When I first found about the podcast that you had and just the nature of the podcast and hearing some of the stories of the podcast, it's these stories, man, that give people the determination to hold on, right? And to fight farther, man. So thank you through your life that you're making this difference in the lives of everyone that's willing to listen. And I just hope and pray, man, that that God gets the word out so more people can be a part of uh, building the goat, brother. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Thank you for that. God bless you, buddy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. God bless you. Allow me to take a moment to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and much, much more. I'm Dr. Lauren DeVille, a practicing naturopathic physician in Tucson, Arizona. In my podcast, Christian Natural Health, my guests and I discuss topics ranging from nutrition, sleep, hormone balancing, and exercise to specific health concerns like hair loss, anxiety, and hypothyroidism. I'll also interweave biblical principles as they apply throughout the podcast because true health is body, mind, and spirit. Listen to Christian Natural Health for free at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcast platform.